you know, um, Ayanla Vassant, <laughs> Van Sant. Have you seen her before? Wait, say that again. What's her Ayanla, name? Ayanla Vassant or Van Sant? She's like a spiritual Vincent. healer. Oh, her, like, Ayanla, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's loads of memes about her, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, uh-huh. in, the, in my board, and I've been watching her videos on YouTube. She's quite, she's quite a character, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not on my watch. Like, um, yeah, it was, um, I've not watched her, like, properly, properly, but she had that show called I Anna Fix My Life or something. Yeah, yeah, she? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, she's giving people life advice, dealing with, like, people with issues. Yeah. And there's that one where she's saying, like, is that something you want? Well, let me tell you something. You're not going to get it. Like, <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen that one. I haven't seen that one, no. She's like a, she's like a life coach, isn't she? She is, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why Why is she so extra. I don't know why yeah. she's so extra. For, I, like, I'm here for it, Kieran. Like. She's the one, I think I said to you and Nathan um, ages ago, she is talking to a rapper. And she yeah. got the rapper to read out those lyrics, saying, oh, pop my booty, pop, pop my booty. <laughs> yeah. She goes, do you, you know what that meant to Harriet Tubman? It meant a win. She's quite a character. Oh, I'll she's, she, has, she has big auntie energy, hasn't she? Yeah, she does have big, yeah. that big, big auntie energy, she does. <laughs> and like, like I said, like, she's just like, I just love her. She's just like, so extra, man. The way that she is. Yeah, <laughs> I've been in like a YouTube rabbit hole, so like I watch one video, then it goes to the next one, and before That's I know, like, YouTube. yeah, like two hours are gone, and I've just watched like I've just watched her like try to fix people's lives, basically. Welcome to another episode of Black Boy Joy, a podcast by two mates just talking about whatever. We're with me, Ainsley. And with me, Kieran. Yes, and we are on our third episode of this lockdown, this what seems mm. like a never-ending lockdown. <laughs> to be fair, I know we've been counting our like quarantine um, adjustment e- adjusted episodes, but I feel like this is going to be the norm for quite a while anyway, so we might as well stop counting. <laughs> I don't know when we're going to next be able to see each other face-to-face or even travel, so... I don't know. Who knows? We'll have well, to I, see. I think, yeah. well, when, yeah. um, when the government ends its lockdown, it'll just be up to us, won't it? Like, um, whether you feel fine to travel or not. Um, yeah. I think most places are going to be doing, or most countries will just be doing a little by little, like, sort of releasing the um, restrictions. So, I reckon at the moment, like, an official lockdown will end, I want to say mid-June. But then, I've seen some articles with different, like, I think it's places like Germany are talking about doing, I think, like, measures, like, in a restaurant, they'll have certain spaces between each of the, each of the tables, only a certain number of people allowed into an establishment at any one time. It's going to be difficult to enforce it. So, as soon as it is lifted, I'm not really going to, I'm not going to jump out straight away. And get out of there, and <laughs> what? Are you mad? Because every, but everyone else is gonna have the same idea, though. That's the thing. I, I think I'll wait for like a fortnight, ideally. A fortnight, you know. You can still meet. You can go to people's houses. Though. I, I, I'm think I'd be more in the meet when it's immediately relaxed all the restrictions. I would imagine I'll be going to other people's houses or flats, or going to the park or something. Um, but so, bars and restaurants, as tempting as it will be. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna rush through immediately. So you're telling me that what on a hot, hot weekend, like uh-huh. the weekend we've been having, you're like lockdown is over. You're allowed to go out now. You're gonna stop in the yard. Everyone else is gonna be getting lit outside. No, I just, I just want to go to like bars and restaurants and stuff. I'm not even gonna lie. Like as soon as we're able to, I want to go to all the places. Like, <laughs> like, well, obviously. I've got you were going to places like, right until like you were told you absolutely couldn't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've been, yeah, I'll be like, I'll be making up for lost time. I remember in um in 2018 when it was a mm-hmm. hot summer. Like I, I said to myself before that summer, 
that like I'm not gonna go out or do anything. I'm just gonna like just have a chill summer, just like spend fam- uh, saving money. But then the sun mm. came out, and when the sun came out, I went wild, man. That pure, yeah, fish, like beer gardens, everything like that. And it's gonna be the same again this year. I think for most people, the summer is the highlight of the year, like sort of from a season's perspective. Um, yeah. I like I like winter personally. Autumn, winter, absolutely the best time of year for me. Absolutely not. I get lo- what, you, what you say is, I feel lonely in summer. Like, I know everyone gets in summer. Sick. Yes, you know, I get. I definitely get some seasonal depression in winter sometimes, but it's usually it doesn't last very long. But summer, I think it's more socially intense, and I find that overwhelming at times. But then when you are alone, you feel like you feel bad for being alone. You think, oh, you should be out there. There's more pressure to be out because people, people are like, oh, it's a nice day. What are you doing inside and stuff? And they can't decide whether or not I want to be around people or not. Um, whereas in winter, I don't get that. God, I don't know. So basically, um, what I'm hearing you say is that you prefer it in winter so you can stay indoors by yourself and not feel any pressure <laughs> for anyone. That's yeah, definitely, I think that's part of it. Um, I've had that since I was a kid as well. I guess I, I'm more likely to get sad in summer. That's it's weird. Yeah, that is very strange. But <laughs> Gosh, like before, like before I met you, I thought I was an introvert, but you are on just a completely different level to me. I don't even think I'm that bad as an introvert. I'm, I'm introverted, but I know there's there are people much more introverted than I am. I I'd would say, say you're probably one of the most introverted people I know. To be honest with you. Mm. <laughs> it's just, it's, 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 it's not, I can't do anything about it though. Just it's what it is, I guess. Um, sometimes I fantasize about being an extrovert, but it, I, I can't force it, can you? Like, um, like I'm pushing thirty; it's not going to change now. Like, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't see. I wouldn't necessarily call myself like necessarily extroverted. Like, I do like to go out. I do like to be with people. I only like to be with like specific people. Like I only have uh-huh. basically like the same six, seven friends, and if I'm going out, I'm seeing those same people. I'm not like I'm not like some big social butterfly, like wanting to be out there. Like, um, I think you're kind of in between. You're more towards being an extrovert. Um, it's it's a spectrum out of anything else, isn't it? it is, because yeah. when when we've been out together and stuff, like I'm very I'm awkward in speaking to people I don't know. Even if, even if, even you know, if you get a good vibe from someone, you can tell they're a nice person or whatever. Yeah. Even then, I just feel awkward with speaking to new people. Whereas yeah. if I've been with you, you're more likely to break the ice and just start chatting to someone, which <laughs> I quite like. But I can't, I've been trying for years, I can't quite master that. I'm still, I always wait for someone else to make the first move when it comes to talking and stuff. I, don't I think, think I've, gotten, I've, I've definitely, I've gotten better, um, definitely. Definitely gotten better. Because when I think back to in my early 20s, I was, Ridiculous, like <laughs> <laughs> I'd literally just sit there in silence. People get the wrong impression, and, and I'm just thinking, "Well, oh, I just don't know what to say." Um, but yeah, I think I've, I've gotten a little bit better. Okay. Made some progress. I've never. I, I don't think. I, quite, I don't think I've noticed actually. I I think with you, mm. I think that like if that you're quite reserved. So let's say that we're going out. You'll like you'll be reserved for a while. Let's say we're going out and we're drinking, or whatever. You'll uh-huh. be reserved until like you get to a certain point when like the drink starts flowing, and then like, <laughs> and then you like start coming out of your shell, and then like start. Talking I don't like that though. I don't like that. It's a half use. Well, I know a lot of people in the same boat where alcohol is a bit of a crutch, um, and I literally I do envy people who. Um, like you know, our friend we don't speak to anymore. Like um, this person didn't drink. Didn't drink. <laughs> I don't like to say at specific names, of course, but like no, yeah, I know. This I'm, person, I'm, they I'm didn't. They didn't really about. drink at all. Mm. Didn't drink at all, but was large in life, really bubbly. We go to a club and there's be dancing like, no, like nothing. Like if I got out, out, um, I can't go and dance without being drunk. I can't do it. Mm. Once I'm drunk, it's absolutely fine. But um, yeah. the idea of um, standing in a big room of people and dancing sober. I don't. I'd rather. I'd rather face a, a den of lions or something. It's, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's terrifying. But <laughs> I think that's. I think that's quite normal, though. That's quite standard. Like, yeah. You said, you said that I'm like more outgoing with people, whatever. But like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get on the dance floor unless I had had something to drink. Like, not at all. No way. No way. No how. No. 
Even if I knew every person, actually no, tell her that, if I knew every person in the room, um, I'd be a little bit more comfortable. I think a lot of the anxiety has just been, it's a weird one. Because sometimes if you're in front of people you don't know, it makes things easier. Sometimes you're in front of people you don't know, it makes things harder, depending on the situation. But in a I club think, with the, yeah. the vast amount of people there, and yeah, I, I just don't know. <laughs> but I think like Drink when first. you're with people you know, like when you're with people you know well, then like it's easier to like do stuff and not feel embarrassed because like you're with your friends, you're in a safe space. But it's when like uh-huh. um, it's when it's something like the other way around when it'd be something personal. So like if you had a secret or something that you that like, you're not comfortable with telling lots of people. Um, then uh-huh. it's easier to like to talk to someone that you don't know as well because you don't have to be you don't have to be as scared about judgment or of like there's no ties there. yeah 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 so um so I guess there's, there's like those two different those two different binaries how have you been filling up your um time recently when you're not working from home um so what have I done so actually um the weekend before last sorry to um, the weekend before last was Easter, uh-huh. and that was really hard. That was like like the hardest the hardest weekend that I've had so far. So we had four days off, and yeah. the weather was gorgeous. It was like plus twenty degrees, like 23, 24 degrees. I was stuck mm-hmm. in the house. I couldn't go anywhere, and virtually had like nothing to do. And obviously, like that's like because in the meantime, like when it hasn't been like that. I've been filling my time by like I've been trying to cook more meals, like like experiment with like with different dishes that like I've wanted to make. Oh yeah, I've seen your Instagram post. Yeah, hashtag, hashtag quarantine cookout. Stunted for the ground. No, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed seeing them actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the meals and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so that's definitely been one. I've been um I've just um, been reading a bit more mm-hmm. actually um with trying to trying to get through a book for the next podcast more on that on a future um on a future broadcast yes there we are yeah <laughs> i think i need more I've, I've read chapter one and i've just finished my last week last night so i'll be full steam ahead for about what 10 days or so yeah, it's, um, yeah. it's quite in, like, it's, it's quite intense it's an easy read but it gets very very intense now, just to warn you. I can see, yeah. Uh, I've kind of, I've, like, I've skirted in, well, I've skirted all the reviews. Like, I don't really read reviews properly before I read a book. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you have all the different, um, you get snippets of reviews in, like, in, like inside the book on the on the back cover. Yeah. Um, and it says, oh, it's devastating and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. I've done it too much away. Let me just read it first. <laughs> so, yeah, so in between cooking, um, reading, watching movies, um, I've actually given myself a project, an art project that I want to do. We've uh, rearranged our, yeah. So we've rearranged our flat and painted one of the walls. Um, mm-hmm. I've bought a canvas and I'm waiting for some paints to come. We need to do like a little project that will hopefully go on one of my walls if I if I don't manage to mess it up. Interesting. I look forward yeah. to seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> did you do did you, did you do much art at school or anything? Absolutely not. No, I'd like I can't. I I have like no skills in art. No skills in art. I can't draw. I can't paint. So this is it's a really good idea, though. I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like you know, have you heard of like Jackson Pollock? You know that artist who. Um, I hear the name all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, is he uh, the? Carry on. Sorry. He's like he's an American painter. He's an American painter who like. Um, his paintings are kind of like brush strokes and like drips and drabs and kind of like it's like abstract, so it's not of any form or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's like so it's like paint splatter and things, and it's like arranged in sort of formation. That's what that's what I'm going for. Is so. all you can do? Yeah, yeah. You're um, not doing it on the wall, are you? Just no, 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 no. I just on the canvas. Yeah, just on the canvas. Okay. So I've bought some um, like some dust sheets. To put on the floor and I'm gonna put it on like the immediate area around the wall so I don't get paint all over it. All right, okay. Right, and then, cause I live in quite a small flat so it's not usually I'll be... sorry. I'll be interested to see the results. Interesting. Yeah if um I'll share it online it, like I said if it doesn't look like trash then I'll share it online. <laughs> but if it does I think you can't go I don't want to sound like a Philistine but you can't go too wrong if it's just like paint splatters and stuff. I don't think yeah, anyone's judging from... me like this is awful. Right? <laughs> um, like Jackson Pollock's do look good, but I think there is like 
although it does seem random, I think there is a kind of method to it. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just yeah, I'm gonna practice. I'm gonna when the paints come, I'm gonna practice them on like sheets of A4 paper first, so I can get myself some sort of like technique uh-huh. um, in air. I guess it's, it's like that. You know what people say about avant-garde. It's like art and music and stuff. Like if like the modern techniques, you can kind of you can get away with hiding if you don't have much skill or anything <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Yeah, no disrespect to anyone who does art properly or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I've just been watching lots of Netflix as per. Um, what have you been watching? Re- oh, I finished watching. I don't know if I ever told you what one of my favorite programs is, uh, Bojack Horseman. Okay. Have you ever come across it before? I've heard um, of it, never watched it. Well, I started watching it in 2017, and I had like so the six seasons, it's finished now. Well, for now, Netflix cancelled it. So I had, about, I had about half of season five and all of season six to watch. Um, and they're not as strong as the earlier seasons, but it's, um, how do I sort of summarize it? It is, um, it's based in LA, based in Hollywood. And the main character is a horse. So basically the animals and humans are all the characters, but the animals are, are sort of humanoid. Um, they have two legs and everything. There's also animal puns in it as well. Mm-hmm. But um it's about him and he used to be in a sort of famous TV show in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like a has been star and it just shows his life battling with sort of drug addiction, uh, terrible things he's done in the past, but it, it's funny because the cartoons, it's, there's lots of like funny and satirical elements to it, mm-hmm. but there's also, there's loads of like really heavy, like life themes in it as well, like drug addiction, child trauma, um, like sort of Hollywood celebrity cults. There's literally everything in there. I absolutely love it though. Um, okay. And it's, uh, I'm a bit sad it's finished actually, but it, I just, I can't speak highly enough of it. Uh, it's one of my favorite, one of my favorites. Okay. So, yeah, it's uh, a really So I've finished watching that. Yeah, yeah. I've also, did you ever watch Daria back in the day when it was on MTV? I knew it was on, but I never got into it. I uh, think we used to, well, back then when everyone used to have a television and, the internet was we had the internet but it wasn't like as as widespread as it, as, as it is now mm-hmm. we, we always used to watch the music channels in between any kind of sitcoms we we're watching between like yeah. 4 and 6 p.m when we got home yeah. from school yeah. and that's how i first saw daria it was either on mtv or bh1 used to come on i can't remember which channel um but i absolutely love daria as well so i've been waiting to try and find it for years um it's on amazon prime now mm-hmm. um so I've, just, I've bought like one or two seasons. I thought I hate paying for like seasons like that, but I just couldn't find anywhere else to watch it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's for me, that's a bit of, a, a bit of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. One complaint people have with what's been released now with Daria is that when it came out, just like, it was on MTV, um, there was lots of 90s music between all the different clips in it, mm-hmm. but they've taken all the music clips out because of like copyright and having to pay royalties and stuff. Mm-hmm. So the people who are hardcore fans and say, oh, that the, the show's lost its spirit a bit yeah. because all that music's been taken out. But whereas I can't really remember too much of, of the particular songs that were in each episode. It started in the late 90s and finished in the late 2000s. Um, I've, I've just been watching that for nostalgia's sake. Yeah. started Daredevil on Netflix. Um, I did a pact with my friend who is obsessed with, um, you know, John Berthnall, the actor. Yeah, um, he played He's, the Punisher. Exactly, yeah. So my friend's obsessed with him and she loves The Punisher. Yeah. So for the past two years, she's been trying to get me to watch The Punisher. And I, I was like, it looks kind of violent. I don't really like the violent stuff because I'm a bit of a scaredy cat. But we did a trade. <laughs> we did a trade. I said, oh, okay, so you... We were like, okay, so she will attempt to watch Bojack Horseman, but she wouldn't really go for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I will attempt to watch Punisher. The only issue is that um, it depends on how you want to approach it, with it because there are several Marvel... Um, TV shows on Netflix. Yeah. And she said, basically, you don't have to watch Daredevil before Punisher, but it probably makes it better if you have watched it. So yeah. I said, okay, right. So I'll, I'll attempt Daredevil. If I don't like it, I'll just, I'll just read like a, a summary of it and then I'll move on to Punisher. Yeah. But I've only watched two, two episodes of Daredevil so far. I quite like it, to be fair. The, this first season's from 2015. The um, action scenes are amazing in, um, in Daredevil, to be fair. So, I mean, how much have you have you seen quite a lot of it though, have you? I've seen the first season of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the second. Um of the Marvel Netflix shows that I watched, I watched um Luke Cage, um just the first uh-huh. season, not the second. 
and I watched Jessica Jones and I loved Jessica Jones. That was like my favourite one of all of them. I had a quick look on um, online. I didn't actually realise how many Marvel seasons there were on Netflix and so I looked because it's an issue with the films. You have an article and it's telling you what order you should, um, you should watch them in. Mm-hmm. And people have different opinions because they're like, oh, watch the first season of this one, then watch the second season of this one, then blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to, the route I will take, because Jessica, Jessica Jones needs to be rated, but for the sake of making my friend happy, he's been trying to get me to watch Punisher for two years, I'm going to watch the first two seasons of Daredevil. Yeah. If everything goes to plan, if I like it anyway, and then I'm going to move on to Punisher. Mm-hmm. And then that leaves season three of Daredevil and, Daredevil, and then lots of other stuff. But I've got, I've got such a long list of things that I want to watch. Yeah, prioritize stuff. I've been watching Breaking Bad for about a year. I still haven't finished season two. Yeah. Um, what keeps me interested is, is everyone saying it's the best thing ever made, and that it picks up from end season of season three. two, start of season three. Yeah, season three. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. But it's a it's a bit of a slow burner so far, and I, it's one of these weird things where I like watch I like it, I watch it, I like it. But I'm not, there's no thrust. I'm not feeling a thrust to watch the next episode. So I'll yeah. watch one episode and then week, weeks will go by. I won't even watch the second episode of it or another episode of it. Um, but I'm, I'm not giving up yet. <laughs> so what I would say, so I or I am also one of the people who thinks that like Breaking Bad is probably one of the best shows I've ever watched. And I think what I would say it doesn't mirror what other people have told you. That like the first two seasons are good. But like you need to get through them, so you get to season three, and that's when Breaking Bad becomes like just so incredible. It's like right. um, the character development in that show is better than any any show I've watched before. Right, I've got to push through them basically. I think I might be on episode eight, nine of season two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll push it. This is like when I watched Game of Thrones because I think the first the Game of Thrones, I said the first first two seasons were a bit of a drag of Game of Thrones. I thought the first season was up. really good. I think it has good spots, but I don't know. I think a lot of it is setting up, setting up, setting up. And I don't know. Like when it comes, to, I don't mind films that are slow burners, but with, with TV shows, because you get the one hour time slot or 45 minutes, whatever it is, you watch it. And if it is slow burner, then you've come to the end of that segment. So yeah. you have to actually put effort into watching the next one if there's no kind of like, kind of pushed to watch the second one um, to watch the following episode so, so I'll see but yeah. I'm, not, I'm not giving up yet but it, it hasn't pulled me in yet but I'm only holding out because so many people have said so it's the best thing ever written the best show of all time so that's, that's what's keeping me Yeah, I, I feel like not, not everyone can be wrong about it so I'll, I'll give it a shot so for me I read the first I read about the first two and a half books of Game of Thrones uh-huh. And so when I watched it, I think the first season um, does like it's quite um, does stay quite faithful to the first book, and I thought I think that's that's like why I quite like it. That's funny, <laughs> I, I put my bookshelves up, so I bought the first book um, a few months ago. Yeah, because I, I basically my games of Thrones introduction was let me think January twenty nineteen. Yeah, so I knew that the eighth season was going to come out. So I try to, I, I don't really binge watch, but I, I watched it over the period of about two to three months. I, I caught up, I watched the first seven seasons. Yeah. Um, and so I bought the first book because I went after being disappointed with season eight. But then even when I've, I've literally opened the first few pages of the first book and it literally, it mirrors the opening scene of the, um, <laughs> yeah. Of, the yeah. of season one. But yeah. I've heard lots of good things about it. Um, it's a massive investment reading a fantasy franchise though. Mm-hmm. Massive it time is. investment. I've yeah. got so many things I want to read this year. Yeah, I've like I've um, done like a list of what I want to read, and it's like twenty. I think I'm not gonna get twenty books read by the end of this year, readers. I think unless I get sacked from a job or something. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So with Game of Thrones, I was so stupid, man. I've watched the first season of Game of Thrones, and about maybe like three or four episodes of season two, and I didn't watch mm-hmm. any more of it until the very, very last episode. <laughs> so. Like literally like seven what? seasons. <laughs> the disconnect between yeah. the two. Seven seasons. I mean, will, I mean, will you watch it? I'm not sure if I'm going to now, you know. <laughs> like, the if you, ending, if you know what happened. 
but the thing is, I think is widely agree that the the last season was just dreadful. Yeah, there was some there were some good points in it, but this is the thing with Game of Thrones. So it's weird because I'm a bit of a snob because you know if something is really popular and it's a film, I, I I like to have read the book before. Yeah, but I haven't done it with Game of Thrones, so I don't have that sort of found. I don't have that like foundational knowledge on on the series and stuff. Mm-hmm. But from what I read. The first four seasons are pretty much quite faithful to the book. Yeah, and I actually think the first four seasons, in terms of plots, were definitely the strongest. Yeah, my favorite season is probably season four. That's I think that's a, for me that's the best season. Like late season three, and then all of season four, I was happy with. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought season five was very boring. Season six was boring until the last few episodes. Seven was probably the best for action, mm-hmm. but that's when I really could see that the um the plot was quite, it turned very Hollywood. Yeah. And then eight was a bit of a disaster, but what people are saying on all the forums that went on is that seasons one to four, they were very faithful to the book. And you can contrast that with the later seasons because obviously with George R. R. Martin, like he's an amazing writer. Yeah. And by boiled accounts. And the plots are really intricate. I think that's what made it so brilliant in the first few seasons. Whereas the later you go on, you can see more and more it's written by uh, like I don't want to say writers. lesser writers, but, but like Hollywood, like Hollywood writers, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's Hollywood writers and the writing for directly for a TV show, mm-hmm. um, and you know there were there were genuine, genuine like shocking plot twists, and there weren't conventional plot twists as well in those first four seasons. Yeah, and I think that's what made it so good. Like he wasn't afraid of killing off like really, um, really like beloved characters. characters. He wasn't yeah. afraid of killing them off. Yeah. That's what people exactly. That's what shocks people. You know, you've mm. you've you've um you've seen season one, haven't you? Yeah. So for me, um, you know, when they, um, I don't really, I don't have to worry about spoilers again. Friends, do I? Everyone would have everyone's heard of this, but the spoiler coming up anyway. I'm gonna flick forward if you're listening. Um, <laughs> but you know when they kill Ed Stark at the Yeah, end, yeah. That's like, that was the first major one. Did you think yeah. Ed Stark was gonna die? I didn't. I thought thought like something would did happen. You, like at the, I didn't think he was gonna die. No, I thought like something would happen at the eleventh hour. Like no. as the did yeah. Get saved or deal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then it's quite it's quite funny because they killed him, and I was like, "Raw." I think that's when I was just like, "This isn't going to be like a normal TV show." <laughs> like, I can't think. I can't think. I said to myself, "Oh, forget forget everything you know. This is this is different to everything else." Yeah. But, um, yeah. When they killed him. I also thought, oh, actually, to be fair, it's Sean Bean that played him. And Sean Bean never lives to the yeah, end, does he? He's always, true, yeah. he always, he's always a traitor or, I don't know, he takes a fall in some way or he dies. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's not he's not usually the kind of person that lives to the end of something, is it? But whatever, he, whatever he's casting. So yeah. I kept thinking, I probably, should have, I probably should have seen it, but I really didn't think they were going to kill him. Yeah. It's because... Um, it's because after Varys was talking to him in the dungeon about, you know, do the right thing, just live out your days at the night's watch and stuff. And then Joffrey last minute was just be like, ah, oh, so then bring me his head. I was like, yeah. you can't be serious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever hated the character more than Joffrey, you know. I hated Not, yeah, Joffrey. Same, oh same. my god. Same. He was a good villain, but it was I, I was getting really worked up worked up thinking it's not real, it's just fiction, but I was like, nah, yeah. I can't understand him. He's a great I, villain. I tell you two villains that get so much hate. And the yeah. two stars that we mentioned, we mentioned Joffrey from Game of Thrones. And mm-hmm. in um, in uh, Breaking Bad, Skylar gets so much, so much hate. Do you mean, do you mean the wife? Yeah, the wife, yeah. So I don't, I don't, I've watched, um, so I'm, I've, I've watched about 60% of season two. So I don't know how bad things can get, what plot developments or character it will be with her. But... I was speaking to this one person who had watched about just as much as I I had, yeah, and they couldn't stand it either. I quite yeah. like her. I think she's um, so I think she does very well considering he's so far in the story. He is being very shady about what he's up to, mm-hmm. and I think deep down she knows he's hiding something, and I think she's doing quite well as yeah. a result. But I would imagine from your reaction that things are going to take a turn for the worse with her. I don't know. I thought her. Sister would be more hated, Maria, whatever her name is. I fucking married to the... hate Maria. <laughs> <laughs> I think Maria is supposed to be hated, though, surely. Yeah, 
Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone, I don't think when they wrote her character, I don't think they would have thought that she'd be liked at all. I think she's she's like a mini villain, um, the Klepto. I don't know. I get the feeling she's not going to survive to the end of the series. Don't tell me whether she does or not. But um, she's married to that 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 pig-headed Hank, yeah, DA Hank officer. Trader, anyway, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't like either of them. To be fair, so, <laughs> the absolute worst. Like, I've watched <laughs> I've I've watched it twice now. Mm-hmm. And in the first in the first time I went through it, I didn't like Skylar either. I hated her, just like everybody else. <laughs> but then, like when I watched it again, I got like my opinions changed. So like I ended up being like more sympathetic towards her. But see, like um, like Skylar's character, it changes in season three. Like a lot of things happen, which like changes people's opinion of her. So like. That is oh, again, right, okay. one of the like another one of the reasons why it's like you need to like power three power through season two. If you get to yeah. the end of season three and you don't mm-hmm. like it, then 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 just then cut it cut it. It's not for you. But yeah, so if you if I wanted to get sucked into it, it's going to happen by the end of season three, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'll power through. I think it's a case of. Like I said, I'll watch an episode and then there'll be a very long time will pass before I watch the following episode. Yeah. Um, what's on my list though? I I'm not going to watch Too Hot to Handle. You don't want to watch I'm it. Not, I'm not in the mood for trash TV at the moment. I don't think so. I'm. I can't. Never say never. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really in the mood for any trash TV at the moment. So I've, I'm actually I've actually started rewatching God of Horses from the start. Mm-hmm. Um. I've got Daredevil to get through and then Punisher if I, if I end up liking that. Um, How to Get Away with Murder has been on my list for ages. I've not watched that at all, but that's that's been on my list for a long time. What I'll say about How to Get Away with Murder, watch the first season. That's really good. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't bother with I wouldn't bother, I would not bother with the rest of it. Would you not? Interesting. No. Interesting. Yeah. What else is on my list to, to watch? There's, there's a few things I keep forgetting. Did you ever watch The People vs. O.J. Simpson? That's American amazing. Crime story. Yeah, that is amazing. It is very good. It's so See, I watched good. that twice. Any, any series I can watch, I don't watch that much TV usually. Yeah. I've got lots of free time on my hands now. But anything I will watch twice, like any TV series, that's, that's just a sign of it being good. But do you see there's another one which is, um, it's been out for a couple of years now, but you know The Assassination of Versace? Of Versace, however you say his name properly. But um, that's, it's like, a, it's the second season of that American crime story um, series and i watched i've watched the first three episodes of it and i think it's very good but it's just too creepy for me because it centers around the serial killer and i don't like violence and i don't like threatening the serial killer is he's quite fucked in the head and it's there's a few scenes and i'm thinking this is just genuinely up, upsetting like and unsettling like i, I don't wish to watch anymore like <laughs> even it's really well written <laughs> it's just can't do man. uh have you watched this or, or would you watch it um, I watched the beginning of it, so um, the first few episodes I watched it, and then um, I kind of like it was good, but I kind of like to fell out of it. I think like at the time, usually I'm like I can watch psychological stuff like that, like I can pretty much like watch any any like fucked up TV show or anything about murder or death and violence. But like I think at the time that yeah. I was watching it, I just like it was a bit much for me as well, so I didn't. But I, I would happily watch it again. And um, yeah. the people versus OJ Simpson was so good that I would, yeah, I would, I would, um, I would watch that. You know the next, you know what the next one they're gonna do is. What? Um, it's um, the next one they're, they're gonna do is um, Bill Clinton on a Kalinsky. What? That? <laughs> <laughs> that is gonna be so good. That will be elite. So I think they're basically doing crimes that rocked America. Yeah, obviously the OJ yeah. one that was that was so good because I think someone I saw someone describe it as cheesy in a review and I was like it's it's like a good kind of cheese though come on because mm-hmm. I watched that um, I remember I watched it with my brother in it would have been 2016 something like that and then I was telling my dad about it after I'd watched it through one time I was saying this is really good you should watch it mm-hmm. and he was like oh no 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 then then I think I was in the living room so I was let back and I was in the home. Um and I saw an opening scene, and it was one of the ones where um, Johnny Cochran, he gets stopped by the police. Mm-hmm. And like, he, like his daughter was in the car, he gets handcuffed and bent over the bonnet or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they run a badge number, and he's like um, the district attorney, or the, that he's in some high-powered legal job, and they let him free. 
But I think my dad saw the opening scene with me and I can tell he was hooked from there. Like, you know when you tell someone, <laughs> yeah. you know, you tell someone they'll like something, they tell yeah. you they're not going to like it. And yeah. then you realise that they do like it, and they, but they don't want to like, admit it. But we watched, yeah. we watched it every week together after that. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was so well done. And the thing is, well, because when all the OJ stuff happened, like it happened in our lifetimes, but we would have been really small. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Was it 96 or something? So I, I was think it was 96. I, I wasn't really aware was of it that yeah, much. That was the year in my head. Yeah, you, I heard this name thrown about a lot growing up, but I didn't really know the story. But that's what introduced me properly to the story. I, I remember I blitzed a Wikipedia article years ago just on what happened with the events mm-hmm. but obviously seeing like a dramatization like that was just made it uh i don't know i just realized i realized how by poignant the story was yeah um yeah it's mad he definitely did though i think we, all, we can all agree on that yeah he we can all agree on that my yeah. goodness me like yeah, <laughs> he, did it. yeah. <laughs> yeah. he for sure did it if the glove don't fit you must acquit yeah Listen, Johnny Cochran. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Goat. Yeah, because <laughs> he's he's passed now. I think I don't. Know, I can't remember what year he passed in, but um, I'll be dead. He was part of my. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was part of Michael Jackson's defense team. In yeah, two thousand. I want to say two thousand five, two thousand four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's gonna um, be that, that. They would do. They would do that. Michael Jackson one. Um, at another time. Mm. The question is, who will they get to play Michael Jackson or something? Because well, yeah. Michael's, Michael said he Michael, Michael said he wanted to be played by a black person. Mm-hmm. He always said that. Um, I saw I I, the details are very hazy, but I saw some sketch of he was a couple of years ago, and it had Michael Jackson in it, yeah. and it was played by a white dude. And I can't remember if it was actually genuine or if it was just done as a joke. But I remember that some people first started saying that Michael said he always wanted to be played by a black person. If um. Yeah, but it's the it's the um the the logistics of that like and yeah. hair and makeup like, <laughs> what the, what are they gonna do like yeah I mean you can slap you can slap the makeup on someone but how can you get a, a prosthetic nose that thin on someone else a bigger nose or I don't know. I don't know yeah It'd be interesting to see how they I'm sure, I'm sure they, these professionals know what they're doing but we'll yeah see, like the results yeah I love to watch that I love watching anything on Michael Jackson um mm. anything. But we're not going too much into that because I know we don't agree. Ask, in this, uh, no, yeah, I'd like to ask that's the next thing I'd about to ask you. So, like, where do you stand with this Michael Jackson thing? I had some niggling worries that <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't fully innocent. But yeah. the more I look into it, and I think I was one of those people that was he's innocent, he's innocent, and I was saying that because I was so passionate about him and his music. Yeah. Then you know when that sham of a documentary came out in March last year. Yeah. Um, which is just basically a, an attempted hatchet job. <sighs> I was worried in the in the lead up to that documentary. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember what the the director's name is. I don't even care anymore. Dan, someone, whatever. Um, <laughs> I I was worried, thinking that it would, it would discredit Michael. Then the realized it was really one sided. It was essentially. The two accusers or victims, or they were called victims, weren't they? But yeah. I, I don't even want to get into that too much. But the two plaintiffs or the complainants, it was them and their families. Yeah. And then no one from Michael's camp or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and also, the standard thing people say is that he was es- investigated several times by the FBI. Mm-hmm. He had like relentless media scrutiny. He's had loads of people come out in support of him who knew him personally. Because I think lots, lots of kids basically stayed at his house. Yeah, and the ones that have testified saying that nothing, absolutely nothing happened, and he'd have loads of people over all the time, and it was nothing sexual at all, even despite being taboo and strange. That never gets highlighted, ever. Yeah, um, and I, I think he's innocent, essentially. I remember I used to, we had our big arguments about this at work because all those on the team were just they were determined to see him as guilty, and then you could probably, if you're being objective, maybe I was determined to see him as innocent. But what it came down to was. He's had two trials, which, and he's not been convicted in either of them. Years went past, he passed away, and people want to bring up the trials again when he's not here to defend himself. So there's never going to be a, clu- a conclusive answer to whether he was guilty or not. We know during his lifetime he was proven not guilty on two separate occasions. But if you believe he's innocent, no one's going to be convinced that he's guilty. If you believe he's guilty, no one's going to convince you that he was innocent. Yeah. So it's a it's a tricky one. Well, how do, how do you feel, Ainsley? 
one thing I will say about the documentary about him is that both the people, both the men on it, Wade Robson and James Safechuck, mm-hmm. I think those, I think those are their names. Both of them. They're the names, yeah. Um, they don't have like, I don't think they're necessarily credible witnesses, just because like, because of... yeah, like mm. they've both been um, they've both been cross-examined by the prosecution in support At, of Michael. Yeah, in support of his. Mm. And 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 they were discredit um, both Jordy Chandler and Gavin Alviso, who accused him of doing it those two times. So for them now to mm-hmm. come like all these years later and say that like he did do it, I was just lying. Um, I mean, if someone has experienced trauma, then I can understand. Um, mm-hmm. I can understand like what they're saying that like when uh, when we knew him, we were just trying to protect him and whatever, and now he's gone, I feel brave enough for whatever I'm at a place now that I can. I do understand that. But if you're just taking, mm. just taking like, their actions, um, purely for what they are, you, like, you can't really trust any, like, any testimony from either of them now because of, of, like, of their contradicting statements. That being said, uh-huh. it's still... <laughs> it's still... If you had a friend, let's say you had a thirty-five-year-old a friend telling you mm-hmm. that, um, that yo, yeah, like um, I just really like spending time with kids. I really like helping them. They come around to my house, and we all sleep in the same bed. What would you be saying? Mm-hmm. I would think it was strange. However, <laughs> however, so this is this is one of the points that's been leveled like that's been like thrown at me by the people at work that I work with who are convinced that it's guilty. Yeah. I said, you can't really compare your mate down the road with someone as strange and as famous as Michael Jackson. Also, are paedophiles not secretive and crafty in, in the sense that if he was having people in his bed and if he was a paedophile, why would he be telling anyone and everyone so openly that people slept in his bed? Usually, you know, this. The classic patterns that we see with abuse is that people say to the kids, oh, this is our little secret. You can't tell anyone or bad things will happen to us. You've got to keep this on the wraps. Michael said this all freely. There was so much transparency there. There wasn't any hidden, any... Mm, That's why it doesn't doesn't seem consistent with a typical predator. Which doesn't mean to say he wasn't a predator, but it it doesn't seem sense. It doesn't make sense to me that someone would tell... If someone was a genuine paedophile, they would tell people that the kids sleep in my bed. Why would you say that if you're actually trying to keep, like, you know, hide something? At the same time, if you, like, let's find, we'll accept that he's just an odd person and, like, and he, what is it, just to sleep in a bed with children, just to be like a child with them, whatever. Let's, let's say that we accept that. If a child had then come out and said that you abused me and that went to court, and you, like, your name got dragged mm-hmm. through the mud. It's cost all these million dollars in litigation and everything. Would you not? Would you just like say I'm not doing this anymore after that first time? Hmm, that's interesting because you think that if they were innocent, they'd learn from their mistakes. You think if they were guilty, they'd either not do it again or they'd try very hard to not get caught. But like, if that like, if it's not a compulsion, that like, if he doesn't feel compelled to do this, then why would he put himself through all of that? I well, this is me making this. This is when I start being less objective. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think if you're if you're arguably the most famous person on the planet, probably maybe a stunted maturity growth because of being famous from when you were five years old. I don't think. He's gonna. Ra- I feel like he didn't rationalise things as well as other people would do. I think it's a case of celebrity and massive ego. So he probably thought, "Well, I still want to do this." I'm still yeah. not convinced because I mean, let's look at this one. Even after he had those allegations from the early nineties, yeah. When Martin Bashir did that documentary in was it 2004? I think Martin like Bashir. 2005, 2004, one of those. Yeah, yeah I remember. I remember being in like the middle of like school, like. Um, yeah. So when Martin Bashir did that documentary, that's what kickstarted um, the public interest in trying to get to the bottom of, you know, was Michael Jackson a paedophile or not? But yeah. after what had happened previously, again, he went on camera and openly said that people's in his bed. So that, to me, that says again, 
this is not someone who is a paedophile and trying to hide their like dastardly deeds. This is someone who probably has poor has poor judgment skills, but ultimately is well intentioned and isn't doing anything you know illegal. It's well, questionable. The, the it's argument, a social taboo. I don't argument, think it's touching children. That, but just as much the argument can still be leveled that he has poor judgment. And like I said, he's compelled to do these same actions. Remember, like the Geordie Chandler case was in 1993. This, mm-hmm. um, the Gavin Arvizo case, who was a child, he was featured in Living with Michael Jackson. That trial mm-hmm. happened in about 2005. That's 12, that's what, 12 years? That's more than enough time for your behaviour to sit back into the same predatory behaviours that you did before, if they were predatory. But that's the thing, yeah, but two years before, two, well, when, whenever that documentary was with Bashir, which is 2003 or 2004, yeah. um, that's when he openly said that kids slept in his bed and there was nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I don't think, even, even, if you, even if you've had like a strange upbringing because you've been famous all your life, yeah. if you are a guilty person and you know, you're a, well, well, I call it a sexual demon if he's a paedophile, why would you openly say, Kids leave my bed. There's nothing wrong with that. Why would you tell someone that on a documentary has been broadcast to millions of people? I don't think those are actions of a guilty person or someone who's trying to hide something. I think oh, he's I innocent. Know. He's a fool, definitely, but he's innocent, <laughs> I think. I think... Well... Will you be playing his music? I, I think, well, do you I... Music? So, I watched them. Actually, um, I tweeted before it aired basically like y'all better blast like thriller and off the wall now before the documentary comes out and we have to count on all the celebrity right and, <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> and i have not listened to another michael jackson song since that time not one not one not I've one James we... enough time to like <laughs> <laughs> nothing's changing it just it makes me uncomfortable it makes me uncomfortable to um like when it like, when it's on now and, and they've, succeeded, me... they've succeeded ainsley yeah <laughs> have to slander him that's not me saying that he, that he definitely, I, I definitely think he's a paedophile or think he's not. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that. I don't think I'm in a place to say that. But I am saying that like, there is enough doubt there about his character and his actions that I no longer feel comfortable supporting, like, listening to his music. I think that's quite reasonable of you, to be fair. Um, I think most people, you seem to have taken a somewhat impartial stance. I think most yeah. people are convinced he's innocent. Passionately down myself. And, <laughs> sorry. And, uh, sorry, most people fall into. Sorry. Most people fall into either he's innocent or he's defo, defo guilty. Yeah. I feel like people who want to believe he's innocent will believe he's innocent. People who want to believe he's guilty will believe he's guilty. Yeah. Um, whereas I know that there are, you know, the, you know the, the proper Michael Jackson stands. Mm-hmm. You, see, you can find so many threads on Twitter with like so much evidence of discrediting all the things that James Safechuck and Wade Roberts have said. Yeah. Whereas I find that with the guilty side, it tends to be a case of, oh, come on, you trying to tell me this guy's innocent. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'll still blast his music. I still think he's innocent. I think he was, I think he made poor judgments. I think he was, uh, you know, an oddity, definitely. No yeah. doubt about that. But um, I do not think Michael Jackson is guilty. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that's your final word on it. <laughs> well, it is. I think, like, so I think you have the most reasonable stance because you said that you can't make a definite decision. But you're erring on the side of caution. I mean, this is probably a controversial thing to say, but I'm not necessarily speaking about Michael Jackson now, but I do struggle with the idea that if you think someone's trash should be cancelled you're going to start listening to the music because I'm thinking if the song slaps the song slaps don't care what anyone's <laughs> doing I know it's not fashionable to say that but that is how I feel like <laughs> we've had this discussion we've had this discussion before on the podcast we've touched on it before I think yeah, yeah we have because we've, um, we've talked we've spoken about your um, your queen um, what's her name? No, what's her oh, name? Oh, Azealia, but we can't yeah. really compare with Azealia though, because Azealia is someone who has said terrible things. She hasn't abused anyone, she hasn't raped anyone, or been accused of murder or paedophilia or anything like that. So we can't put her in the same bracket. So I will, I will happily listen to her music, and I don't think there's any kind of moral question about listening to her music at all. I mean, you can't really compare to people like R. Fucking Kelly though. No, you? I'm like, not comparing her to R. Right. Kelly. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be fair at all. But she did go on the internet and call Zayn Malik a coffee scented bitch. 
Like she did. did. Yeah, that did happen. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that I is that really a person you want to be getting? You want to be getting behind? Like really? I'm just angry, man. I don't care. I love the music. <laughs> like, just... But Zina, she said awful things about about pretty much every race there is. Yeah. Not, like you're never gonna. You're never going to hear me defend Azealia's actions or anything like that. But it depends. I don't hold celebrities on any kind of pedestal or hold some, any kind of moral standard. I really don't. I feel like a lot of people take their celebrities very seriously and the people that they listen to and stuff. Whereas I'm, I am quite morally flexible. I will, I will say that I will happily admit that. And I think a lot of people are, but I'm, I'm just upfront about it. Sometimes I, just, I really don't care. If I like something, I will listen to it. I see. I wouldn't say, for me personally, anyway, that like I hold, like I I put my I put celebrities that I like on a pedestal necessarily, or that I expect more from them because I like them. But like, surely there's a line. There's there's a line that um, that you can't cut. And like, if a normal person was saying these things and I need them, then I'd cut them off. So the same would apply to a celebrity. Do you believe in redemption, though? But okay, actually, no, sorry, one sec. Because what you said there, I don't think the same applies to celebrity because a celebrity isn't in my social circle, they're not my mate. Yeah, I don't think Azealia's not out like she's not giving people life advice, it's just, she's just releasing like, occasional music and talking on social media. I like her music, so I'll listen to it. I also think, it. I think she has such a brilliant mind and she's such an interesting person. And, she, and even though you know, you know, the phrase a broken clock is right twice a day, she yeah. does say some really poignant things. And I think yeah. she's an important voice. And as she described herself, she's like, the music industry's number one villain. Yeah. And I love a villain. I absolutely love a villain. <laughs> like, I can't lie. Um, I think she's such, she's such a breath of fresh air. Not across the board. That doesn't yeah. mean she's everything she said or done. Let me just make that disclaimer. I always fuck with the Zelia Banks stuff. Oh my I, God, I, what a person. I've been to New York twice. I'm both twice. Both times I've been to Harlem, I thought, oh, I wonder if I'll bump into her. I don't know what I'd do myself. Honestly, I've never heard I you love speak her about so any, much. I've never heard you speak about anyone as passionately as they have. Like, and, must, and, then, and there's a reason behind that, Ainsley, because even if, like her music as well. Because you know what? I get, I get, I'm probably I'm sure we've discussed this before as well. But I get clowns like listen to throwback music and stuff, and and only listen to old school stuff. And I've gotten better at listening to more to more modern things. But I was introduced to Zelda Banks through. Um, I remember when I was living in France. It was. I think like late 2014 or early 2015, one of the two. And that was, there was some spat she was having with Iggy Azalea about cultural appropriation. She'd had that breakfast, um, is it not the breakfast club? She had, she'd had an interview with um, Hot 97. Yeah. And it went viral because she was talking about cultural appropriation at Iggy Azalea and it started a big conversation. And I'd, I'd only heard two on two a few years before that. I didn't really know much about her. But I read, I watched it into and thinking, oh my, I was like, this girl's really interesting. And yeah. she's saying things I really agree with. And I was just thinking, like, she has such an attractive aura and personality. Then I started <laughs> listening to her music and I was like, I really like this. I was thinking, it's a lot of her music, it's definitely an acquired taste. But I was, I can't, I wasn't, I, I can't remember last time I got excited about someone who was current and now. Yeah. And that's what made me stay, though. If it was just, if I didn't fuck with the music, I wouldn't really speak about it that much because I like her music so much. And it is off a lot of the time and it is rough around the edges and sometimes the production needs much more work and stuff. But when you hear some of that and like when you think someone says things you like, you find a, a personality attractive and the art they're producing is speaking to you as well. How can I turn my back on that because she says some <laughs> stupid, awful things? I value beauty I value beauty in art so much that I do, you know, I do make questionable choices a lot of the time. But Yes, I agree. I mean, I can't be on my high horse because I think it's been it's been um, it's been said on the on air before that obviously I was quite a big fan of Kanye West, uh-huh. but I have the good decency to feel ashamed when I've listened to his music now. <laughs> I have a strange relationship with Kanye because I think I know about the, all the weird things he said and people make excuses for him. A lot of times, people compare him to Izzy as I was saying that oh, if Izzy said half things, well, if Kanye wait. If Kanye said, if Azalea, if Azalea Banks had said hard things that Kanye West had said, or they said something like that, we give Kanye free passes, but Azalea gets like crucified for similar things. But I kept thinking he's not said like you know outright discriminatory things that she said. Though, so I mean, I didn't think he it was said, very useful. So, he comparison. said some, he but, said some pretty fucked up stuff. 
Like it's not, called, was, it's not calling them on the current ending bitch though. No, he hasn't called anyone on the current ending. Called their mum an asylum seeker. Like, no, or he whatever had, no. she said. But um, Kanye West, he does like he like he says pretty off the wall things, but like you never quite know whether he's trying to be humorous or not. So like mm-hmm. his lyrics, for instance. Um, I have yeah. to confess. I have to confess. I'm. I, I don't know much. Of, well, obviously, know some of his music, but I don't know as much as I probably should do with Kanye. Everyone talks yeah. about the first two albums being like at my works of genius and stuff. Um, um his best is uh, my beautiful twisted dark fantasy. That's I know like, most from that. That's elite. That is like basically the album to end end all albums. Not all albums, but you know what I mean. Uh, I should but probably like, get to grips with him, I guess. I've always found him irritating though from when he first came out though. Yeah. People um, hate I'm, him, man. People hate him. Nah, but I thought he was an arrogant prick before he before everyone started turning on him though, to be fair. I but, you but, know me. Everybody, like, everybody thought that though. I thought no, but people thought it thought, oh you know, it's just kind of how it is. Well, I can't think it's because an idiot, man. Like and yeah. I've always thought that. And he has a very punchable face as well. It's probably because yeah. he had the wire or the jaw surgery. Oh no, that shouldn't really matter. Obviously, yeah. but um, I've always found him irritating. But that wouldn't stop me from getting into his music, though, and I probably should spend more time getting into his stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm, I always think like I don't, I haven't listened to much of his stuff in the grand scheme of things. But I feel like he, you know, he must be popular for a reason, and also, yeah. it must be like you know he he gets people listening to him who aren't particularly interested in hip hop as well. So he must be doing something right. Yeah, um, I think, but. Uh, He's a bit of a moron. And also, he, he married a Kardashian as well. Was yeah. it Aziz, you once said? Um, she was in some kind of interview or, or some kind of Twitter rant. She was saying, oh, Kanye lost all credibility when you married a Kardashian. And also, <laughs> I don't understand any black man that can marry into that family. I really don't. Because, you know, I don't, I dislike the Kardashians in general, like, passionately. Yeah. Passionately. I don't even yeah. want to speak about it. I've, I've got their names muted on Twitter. Yeah. Kardashian, Jenner. Kylie, these are names I've just muted on Twitter, and my life has been immeasurably better since. <laughs> they pop up, they pop up on, onto your feed whether you want them to or not, and I'm just yeah. like, no, I'm sick of this. It's like, what are they actually famous for? Literally, yeah, this is off, off my timeline. I can't stand them. Like, <laughs> their PR is the best in the world. It must be the best in the world because, like, I don't know. I mean, they don't do anything really, but they're still they're still like all over the place. They're still like trending on Twitter. They're still like, I'm sure uh, Kardashian has like 150 million followers or something like that. They've got ridiculous amounts. Yeah. I just, I really, when I look at the state of the world, the celebrity culture, they really are, you know, the fucking worst. They're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, you can, if, if you can take everything bad about the celebrity culture and, you know, minus fanaticism, they're like the representative figure for me. Yeah. It's them and their family. And, Carney has married into the family. Yeah. I, I don't know, but I don't see how any self-respecting black man can marry a Kardashian. I don't think I... anyone has to say that. I, I feel <laughs> that very strongly. Like, the family fetishizes and you just, oh, don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lord of mercy. Like... <laughs> no, well, even, like, he married Kim Kardashian, but, like, I wouldn't have cancelled him for that. This is, like, for me, that was just his own choice. And like, as, uh, mm. go on, sorry, as misguided at 40 was, like, if the music still bangs, then, like, I'll, 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 I'll still would listen to it. But no. Yeah. Like, I don't, so, before all of, like, he started moving mad and saying that slavery was a choice and all this bullshit. I, I remember, remember that. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> I remember that was a controversy. Um, yeah. I kind of, I kind of got what was coming out, but I feel like he... In his thought process, he removed a lot of context and he, re- he removed a lot of considerations. Yeah. And that's what led to him saying something so wild and so silly, basically. Yeah. Um, before when, yeah. Sorry, sorry carry on. No, no, actually, I keep interrupting you, sorry. <laughs> um, I was going to say, before that, like, I was one of those people, like, if he was, he was um, performing live, I'd be going to that concert. Um, mm-hmm. When an album came out, I'd like listen to it, like, I'd be the first person to listen to it. I'd listen to it, like, three times in a weekend or whatever. And write a review after, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then afterwards, like I, I tried to cancel him, but then I got, I got, um, I got read for not actually canceling him. So now, so like I don't, uh, yeah, I don't listen to him. He's released two albums now, three albums, mm-hmm. and I've only listened to one of them. 
And the only reason why I listened to that one is because it was like a gospel album. I just wanted to hear what, like right. hear what like what he had to bring to it. So yeah, so I've kind of I've just grown up now. I've put my money where my mouth is and pretty much cancelled him like almost completely. I don't but I think cancel I think cancel culture is ridiculous though to be fair. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's not ridiculous in principle, but maybe people take it too far. Like someone says one odd thing and right? like we've all said terrible things. Everyone said terrible things, I had terrible thoughts. It's just that celebrities, their lives are very public. Yeah. Um that's why I think if you start, you know, sitting on a, on a particular moral high ground, then it, it's a slippery slope because people do questionable stuff all the time. Are you going to cancel everyone? I'm not talking about youth specifically, by the way, to see that. People do questionable stuff and say questionable stuff. Um, when does it end? I kind of feel like just, for me, a celebrity, people who work, well, sorry, people working in the entertainment industry anyway. I'm not looking to them for any kind of moral guidance. I'm not looking for them to be an example or a role model or anything. So for me personally, what I'm extracting out of them is the art that they have to offer or the entertainment they have to offer, which is why I'm not too fussed about things they've done that others might cancel them for. That's just my approach with it, essentially. Yeah. Like I said, I do strongly think that a line should be drawn with this sort of thing. Because, yeah, fine, mm-hmm. I understand the point that, like, well, this is the whole separating the man from the music type of thing or separating the person from their art, which you can do to a degree because, obviously, there are people, like, are well-rounded human beings. So they do some good, they do some bad, whatever. But, like I said, that, like, a line, that I feel like a line should be drawn and that, like, mm-hmm. I, and once they cross that line, I don't feel comfortable supporting, like, supporting that person while listening to their music. So... I'll do my best to stop. The like, conscience is getting in the way, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Just diminish your conscience and then you can do anything you want to do. <laughs> That's the solution, I think. My conscience has stopped me from doing a lot of wild shit, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> so you put limits on yourself, like, you know. <laughs> Just, be, just, be, just be an awful person and then you can do what you want, like. Alright, so, um, yeah, time for this week's Spotlight. And um, obviously, in um, the corona times, um, I just wanted to draw attention to a group. They're called London by Pandas. They call themselves a politically bi plus group, a collection of bi, um, bi activists and LGBTQIA allies and supporters. So basically, I think what that means is that um, they are kind of like bi, like bi plus, so like in favor or bisexual positive. Uh, group mm-hmm. um, and they're politically active they're politically aware I think they uh, try and do a lot around like activism and joining the community together and everything like that to try and support um, support people who are who are bi who are bisexual but also to support the wider community at large and mm-hmm. I want to highlight them um, at this time in particular because they have a COVID-19 hardship fund <clears throat> They okay. have a PayPal. Um, they have a PayPal account where they're um, they're actively seeking to raise money that they can donate to uh, to people if they need it. Um, on their website, they have more information on kind of like um, what they're raising and where it's going to go to. And I just think it's important, like obviously in these times especially, to like as people who are in communities or in organisations to try and reach out to make sure that the rest of the community is okay and thriving or. Um, or can get the things that they need to at the time. It's a hard time for all of us. A lot of people um, might not have stable income, stable housing now, might be really struggling. So if that is the case, then um, this fund that they're, that they're raising will, will be to help them. And anybody who does have any extra money should be able to support them. So um, their website is londonbypandas.com. Um, they're on Twitter and on Instagram, and um, as always, that like we always do, um, we will um, we'll put their their links to their to stuff on our Instagram, so people can find it, people can donate if they can. So yeah, so that's London by Pandas. Um, check them out, donate, do yeah, do whatever you want. That's fine. Good stuff. Good stuff. Right, so that's another episode in the bag. Um, remember to follow Black Boy Joy Instagram. We're on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, and on Apple Podcasts. 
if you are an Apple Podcast user, um, we'd love it so much if you could leave us a glowing five-star review on it, just so um, we can get some good, hopefully positive feedback on it. Um, you can follow us both on Instagram and on Black Boy Joy. Um, on Instagram, it's um, Instagram slash Black Boy Joy Podcast. And on Twitter, it's um, Black Boy Joy Pod. The spelling is a bit different, so I'll put it on um, on our social media so you can find it. But yeah, I think um, that's another one, another one done for a week. Anything else you want to say, Kieran? Yeah, um, that's pretty much it. We've got some interesting stuff to follow for our next episode. Um, more on that to follow. Um, but we'll leave some Instagram posts to get everyone talking beforehand. Uh, but looking forward to that. More to follow. All right, well, yeah, for another week, that, that's it. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys, and take Thank care. Bye.